Eddie Lehman, and Tyler McComas. I, I haven't heard at all. I have heard more than anything maybe of the pod idea. Uh, now, I don't know if there's any validity to it or not. Um, you know, so I, I think we'll be fine whatever we do. Uh, and, um, listen, when I, when I was in the SEC at Florida with Coach Spurrier, uh, the strongest by far part of that league was the East. And now it's changed where, you know, of course, with Alabama in the West. But back in that day with Coach Spurrier, Florida, I think in his, in his 10, 11 years, I think he, they, they won the league like seven times. Who knows what we're going to get? Pods, divisions, no divisions. What is it, one and seven or three Three and and six? six. Yeah. Who knows? Well, the one thing we know is we'll get whatever makes it easiest on Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. That's why I saw something today. uh, We're fielding those questions on Twitter like, why not just, you know, like uh, OU and Alabama? Well, Alabama's going to have Auburn, and Alabama's probably going to have Tennessee. The last thing that they would do is make Bama have their three uh, main teams be Auburn, Tennessee, and Oklahoma every single year. There's a Vanderbilt coming for Alabama at some point. Don't worry. Yeah, uh, the one and seven, the one for Alabama will be Vanderbilt. (laughs) Seriously. Or maybe, you know, since there's realignment going on, maybe they'll add – who is it they play every year? Alabama? Yeah. They the, play Tennessee every year. So no, 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 no. The, the Citadel. The SEC is going to add the Citadel to be Alabama's one uh, lock-in game. I, well, I think that the Citadel could be a part of the new SEC scheduling. If they don't just play Alabama every single year, they'll play Florida. Yeah. They'll play – I mean, I, Citadel – Go ahead. Yeah, Citadel is going to be in one of these pods. Might as well be. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting to hear – I think we're going to hear a lot of um, wild ideas coming out of the SEC. Um, I think it's it's not that any of them are actually going to happen. I think it is more to just stress on the rest of college football that Let's get this this bigger playoff going because yeah. if not, look at all of these interesting things that we can do. Taking a note from the NFL and creating their own uh, content cycle in the yeah. offseason is what they're doing. Sure. Which they should. That's exactly what they should do. They should um, – you know, I, I keep saying they – all of college football should do that. It should be a uh, – it should be one of those things where – you have pieces of the offseason that you can market and sell and build up that people want to hear. The schedule reveals the easiest one, obviously. Um, I, I think that, and I've, I've always thought this, and I know full well that it's not going to happen. I know that. Because I always have to preface this, and then I say it, and then I still get the reaction from people, well, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I know it's not going to happen, but it should. 
Central scheduling. Not up to the athletic directors. Central scheduling. Set up your, your non-conference that way. Now. Yeah, it's awesome, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. So. No, I, I mean, but a schedule reveal would be would be amazing. Awesome. Would be amazing. We got a new story out today, though, on uh, what the SEC structure could look at uh, look like. Ross Dellinger, who's he's very connected. He's with Sports Illustrated, and they took a they took a, a jab at the three permanents for each team, which the three and six model is right. You know, starting to gain a whole lot of momentum is what it sounds like. So they 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 go about it like this. It's not just three random teams. They go one traditional. Primary rivalry, um, a two inequitable philosophy the league has used in the past, where top half t- uh, top half teams play more top uh, top half and bottom plays more bottom half. So th- they're going by this model where you have your primary rival in the three, mm-hmm. and then you try to get the better teams against the better teams instead right. of the better teams on the worst teams. They are throwing out Texas, which obviously makes sense, Missouri. And Florida, Florida, a team that we really haven't discussed being an OU's three or an OU's pod, um, it's out there. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but the hmm. more I think about a Florida or a Tennessee or potentially a Georgia, the more I like it, man, especially if we're going to expand the playoff to 12 teams. The thought of replacing a Missouri or even an Arkansas with a team out east, that that's intriguing to me. I like that idea a lot. What is the what was the connection with Missouri? Just that it's a traditional. I, I think it goes along with Texas. It just makes sense for OU and Missouri to play every year, which it doesn't make sense to any of us around here. But I, I guess to everyone else, it does. we're going to have to get used to it. It's so annoying. It's dude. that's it's what we're so going to hear. Annoying. Well, hell, why don't you guys play Missouri? I, you know, they used to be in the Big 12. I, yeah. God. That, yeah, that's going to be – we're going to be bombarded. So did A&M, that. but I don't hear everyone just trying to race OU and A&M together. It's, it's weird. I, I would accept Texas, Missouri, Florida. I would prefer Texas, Arkansas, Florida. That would be sweet. Now we're talking. That's what I would that's prefer. That's a beefed up home schedule. Yep. Yep. That's that's what I would prefer, but um we'll probably end up getting Texas, Missouri and A&M <sighs> something. Gosh. Which I I don't know if it's because of all the controversy right now or what, but I have this feeling, and I need to fight it, that it would be really fun to smash Texas A&M. It is, I, know, I keep saying it'd be fun to slap A&M around every single year, but you know, I have the thought that that's going to fix things. Like That's going to straighten A&M fans up, and they're not going to be so moronic on social media. I think we're way past that, Teddy. I feel like OU could beat A&M eight consecutive years, and right. they're still going to be lunatics on social media and in person and everything else. Yeah. I think the A&M fan base is far too gone to let losing games uh, straighten them back up, unfortunately. Yeah, well, hey. Um, yeah, but we got a better recruiting class than you did the past four years. What about that? Dang it. Yeah, you did. Which, what does that mean if you get better recruits every year and you don't win more games? 
Uh, they'll throw at us, play a harder schedule. Well, yeah. Text line is telling you to quit calling the SEC they. You are an SEC media member now. Um, Should we just start saying we in reference to the SEC? Well, here's the thing. It's kind of like when you are engaged to be married. The in-laws are not the in-laws yet, right? It's still... You know, you're preparing yourself for that transition. Unless you're looking for money for the wedding, but yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and that's a different story. Unless you're backslapping uh, uh, father-in-law there for the big check for the for the wedding. Yeah, we're thinking about going overseas for the honeymoon, you know, just looking to raise some money before <laughs> we do that. Yeah. Yeah, we ha- she had all these great plans about a honeymoon, but man, it's just... Haven't been able to scrape together the funds to get it done. It's looking like Branson, unless something happens here down the stretch. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I get it. It's still a it's still a they because I believe at this moment we do not have representation in the SEC meetings, and since we don't have representation, we have no say. Taxation without representation and. Um, I'll change that whenever we uh, actually have a say in what's going on. Text line, I agree with Teddy. Arkansas, Texas, and Florida. Arkansas, Texas, and anyone else. Yeah. I think the pods will be favorable to Oklahoma. Texas could really be getting screwed by the pods, probably. Do you think they'll keep Red River and Dallas or start alternating between Norman and Austin? Oh, no. Dallas. That, that, that thing's staying in, in Dallas. Yeah. I don't know how much money OU and Texas get for that to be where it is, but I believe it to be substantial, and that's going to stay the, the same. The conversation about the SEC is, is that game going to be more in a 2.30 window in the future than 11 a.m.? That's, that's the, because the SEC – Big game of the week's been at 2.30 for so long. Would they want to move it up to that time slot? I think that's a real possibility. Would it be the big game of the week? Is, is No one else plays that weekend, right? Uh, SEC, they're all later. They're big crossover No, games. I mean, like Florida and LSU have traditionally played that week. But here's the deal, Teddy, is the schedule's going to look so completely different that there's no telling who's going to play that week. Right, yeah. But when this new SEC schedule comes about, especially if they move to nine games, I think you're going to have a marquee – they're going to draw it up where there's a marquee SEC game every single week. I think that the majority of the television eyeballs will be on the SEC every single week in college football. I think they'll probably do it to where there's a a big SEC game every week in every time slot. Yeah, probably. Probably 11 a.m. You got 16 teams. You can do that, man. Yeah, probably 11, 2.30 in prime time. Um, but, I, yeah, I don't know. What if the SEC said the only way you guys can join is if you play that football game at night, boys? <laughs> Let's roll. <laughs> I don't know what sounds better, playing it at night or playing it later in the year where it's not 110 degrees with a 9 on the UV index scale. Uh, Mr. Sankey, I got an idea. We'll let OU in Texas – into the SEC, and then we'll force them to play the Red River shootout at night 
and the both teams and fan bases will totally eliminate each other and will never be able to play again. <laughs> this could be, <laughs> hey, this could be the best era of OU Texas because you just said something. It feels like anything goes in the SEC. SEC's like, ha, night games yeah. at the Cotton Bowl, let's go. Oh, you want to call it the Red River Shootout again? Yeah, let's go. That's cool with us. I, it, whatever you want here, I feel like the SEC's down. We could see the, the best version of the rivalry coming up soon. Yeah, uh, they demand you change it back to the Red back River Back to the shootout, shootout please. <laughs> Is there anything worse than shootout? What else could we call it? it could, <laughs> we could probably figure out something worse. But, uh, yeah, I, hey, I'm, I'm down for it. Unfortunately, I, I do think that we're going to have to get used to everyone in the SEC wanting to link Oklahoma together with Missouri. And... I, Which I'm sure Missouri fans are ecstatic about this. They love the idea of getting to play OU every single year. Are you kidding me? And everyone around here is meh. Yeah. I'll make a I'll make a statement right now. Okay. If OU and Missouri are joined in any capacity, whether it be a pod or whether it be a they're the permanent three, you know, rivalry member, whatever, yeah. I'm never going to Columbia. I've been to Columbia one time, and that was one time enough. I'll, I'll, I'll take all the road trips in the SEC, buddy. I can't wait to take the road trips in the SEC. I'm not wasting my time or my money on going to Columbia. I'm out on it. Man, such such beef that is – was it that miserable of a trip? It's not even – it was a fun trip back in 2002, though you guys tried to uh, throw that game away. We just late. made it interesting. <laughs> you okay? guys made it interesting. I just something about their fans and just that whole I don't know I'm just not a, not a fan I'm not a fan of Missouri it's not a great game day atmosphere that's there I'm sure it will be when OU plays there but I, I there's a whole lot of other trips I'd rather go on than go to Columbia Missouri yeah yeah I don't remember anything about it now I don't remember one single thing about that place. I, I can kind of remember the rocks in one end zone, a little bit about the stadium, but I don't remember the locker room. I don't remember what the outside of the stadium looks like. I don't remember what the town looks like. I don't remember where we stayed. Nothing. I remember a few select things. Uh, first, rolling into town, and there was a lot of Missouri. I don't know if they still do this. I'm guessing they probably do. So in imagine driving behind a car and there's a tiger tail sticking out ah, of the trunk. Nice. Yeah, it's like they buy like these these tiger tails, and they shut the trunk door on them, and they're driving around with a tiger tail in the back. I thought that that was a little bit weird. And then um, walking out of the state, this was right after the game, Teddy. Mm-hmm. So we're leaving, and this was like the home side. We're walking back to our car or whatever. I remember walking in the middle of the Missouri football team. I don't know if they were building a new locker room or if their locker room or field house was somewhere else. After the game? At, right after the game. I'll never forget. Like, so they're walking, like stinky and sweaty and carrying their helmets walking and cleats right are clacking on the ground. With us, and they're walking to some bus to be transported to wherever their locker room was. I've never seen anything like huh. that with high-level Division One college football. It was very, very interesting. I wonder if Pinkle was taking them down to the practice field to run wind sprints for not I, winning the game. I think they were just jacked that they were in the game that late. Yeah. Um, interesting. I don't know what's worse, having the tiger tail coming out of your trunk or screaming tiger bait in people's faces nonstop. 
like well, LSU does. Yeah, get ready for grown men, Georgia fans to be barking at you in your face, Gator fans to be doing the Gator chomp in your face. Um, it's it's, it's going to be a little bit different. I'm sure, hey, boy! I'm sure you're going to do really I – I hope some – I hope some dude comes up and goes, some Georgia fan right in your face and see what happened. I'm sure it's going to happen. I, I, I think the only thing I would be able to do is laugh hysterically. Um, That's great. By the way, no Bob Stoops today. Unfortunately, he is in France and uh, he cannot. Look uh, at that. High brow, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Used to have a coach that uh, vacationed in Vermejo, New Mexico, but old Bob, nah, he'll just head out to France for the week. No big deal. I, I don't blame him for that. Wonder what's going on Must in be France. Some, uh, maybe he's scouting a new quarterback for his uh, XFL job. Really? Or kicker, kicker. kicker yeah. That's what it would be. Kicker. Yeah. Awesome. See what the see what the talent's like. Taking the brand worldwide. All right, let's hit a quick opening timeout. We see the text messages rolling in. Keep them coming. Air Comfort Solutions. Text line 651-3439. Opinions. You've got them. We want to hear them. Sound off 24-7, 365 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Fowler Auto Group is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the show. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community. And it's important to us that we help build the communities that our dealerships call us. Stop by any of our six Oklahoma dealerships or visit FowlerAuto.com to see the Fowler Standard hard at work. We pride ourselves on being friendly, helpful, honest, and fair. That is what drives us every day. Fowler Auto Group, a proud partner of OU Athletics. It's that time of year once again. Storm season is upon us. Hey, it's Chris Plank here for Cavens Construction, Roofing, and Emergency Services. We've seen some big-time storms in the Chickasha area, and there are more storms to come. If you experience hail damage to your roof or need emergency services due to storm damage, give Cavens a call. 405-573-3048 or check out CavensConstruction.com. Cavens provides free estimates and will work with your insurance company. So give them a call today. Reliable. Fast. Affordable. OEC Fiber was founded on the same principles that brought us OEC 85 years ago. We are reinvesting in Oklahoma by bringing high-speed fiber services to your homes, businesses, and schools. Make sure to visit us today at OECFiber.com to get started. OEC Fiber. We're taking internet, phone, and TV services where no one else will. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Brown O'Haver studios. Keep the text coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. 100 days away from the start of week one in college football. So not that Saturday, but that opening Thursday of week one, we're 100 days away from that. Thursday will signal 100 days out from OU and UTEP. Man. You jacked? You ready? Well, it's that means it's like eighty days till I start working a full five day radio schedule again. God. Dang, <laughs> two Fridays off already, and already come what away. a it's already on top of us. Yeah. Like it's coming up tomorrow. So uh, ESPN put out their S and P projections. This is more mm-hmm. you know crap analytics from them. <laughs> they factor in um, recent recruiting rankings, like overall history of the team. Okay. And then returning production 
is the con- right. concoction that they form here. Um, Big 12 team rankings, wow. OU 5, Texas 31. <laughs> OSU. Oh, I thought you were saying Big 12 rankings and OU was 5 no. in the Big 12. I was like, well, whoa. that I don't know why that would surprise you after uh, all no. the terrible opinions we've heard about OU this offseason. Okay. OU, OU at number 5 in the country. Okay. Texas is at 31 in the country. All right. OSU is at number 32. K-State is at 38. Baylor is at 40. TCU is at 45. Tech at 48. Iowa State at 56. West Virginia at 75. Kansas at 109. Huh. So, you get the point. The S&P projections thinks the Big 12 is going to be pretty god-awful this year outside of OU. Well, it's kind of interesting, you know, I don't know how they weight those things. Uh, obviously, recruiting is factored way higher than like recent success of the program, with Texas being higher than Oklahoma State. Um, I know Oklahoma State – the success of the program over the last decade, it's not even close uh, how much better they are than Texas. Um, I Texas has recruited really well and has a lot of returning production. That's it. I mean, those are their two. Recent history does not help them out. Recent any. history does not help. Now, Oklahoma, I think it's fair to say they check the box on recruiting, on um, – Program history. What do you think about returning production? Because you don't you don't have a quarterback. I you're not getting zero. How, like, how does that work? If it, if he well, if, it, it, like it, you have a transfer that didn't play on your team yeah. last year, does that does their production at their other school? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm guessing probably so. If they have OU all the way up to number five, yeah, and they did it by these by these numbers. I'm guessing that that's probably the case. Um, but oh, I, well, some, yeah, I guess you have to. Yeah, where S- Southern Cal's probably pretty high with all the production they're getting in through via the transfer portal. Ohio State is one, Bama's two, Georgia three, Michigan four, Oklahoma is at five. Yeah, I'm sure USC is in the top fifteen somewhere. Yeah, I- I'm sure that their actual rankings, Teddy probably came out to where USC was like 55, and they said, no, 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 this isn't the narrative we're going with all offseason. Let's magically bump USC up to like number nine instead. Let's yeah. do it that way. Right. Uh, they have to keep their proprietary exactly. uh, formula under wraps. We can't tell you exactly how we did it, but what you have to know is it makes USC the best team in the country for the next 20 years. <laughs> uh, all right, Air Coverage Solutions text line, we have a lot. Uh, 69% chance OU and Missouri will be joined together. Yeah, uh, I would. I agree with that 100%. Welcome, folks, to this week's SEC Game of the Week for a 7 p.m. kick to the Red River Riots. Red River Riot, there we go. Okay, like now we're getting somewhere. Will the SEC force OU Texas to move to Jerry World to get more eyeballs in the option of the night game on primetime? Jackson nope. from Newcastle Casino. No, I don't think it gets any more eyeballs. Uh, does the Cotton Bowl hold more than Jerry? It's about the same, isn't it? Well, the Cotton Bowl holds 92,000. I think technically AT&T Stadium can hold maybe around – with the standing room, I think it could be around 100,000, I think. I'll tell you, though, the – the – although it smells horrible, um, it's infested with methamphetamine, the – 
State Fair actually looks good on TV. Looks great on TV. And probably look even better at night if they were to do it at night. So, like, it, it comes across really good for a television product. Tyler's just afraid of the Ozark people. Well, after watching Ozark, yeah, I am afraid <laughs> of the Ozark people. If you're not, you must be one of them. Um, even though all the Langmores are gone. Sorry, spoiler alert for some of you that haven't seen the last yeah, uh, I'm ep- still on season, season of Ozark. Two. Sorry. I feel like enough time has passed, though. If you really now, want to watch the final season, you that have That is already. the crazy old lady in the, that killed her husband, right? Uh, yeah, she's on it. Yeah, okay. I won't mention anything else All about right, that. Thank you. Uh, will the SEC allow the hook 'em down gesture and tell Texas to deal with it? Yes, yes, absolutely. I think that they will. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Now, hang on. You want us to tell other teams to stop doing horns down? Yeah. Well, come on, think about how it makes our guys feel. <laughs> <laughs> they should have rolled to the Pac-12, man. Ah, oh, it's going to be a rude awakening for Texas. It's like you know, if you're the like the CEO of Apple and, you know, someone comes in and says, uh, Sandy in accounting is upset that her half day last week didn't count towards, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you're the CEO. No one cares about that. What you're saying is Texas is going to be the Karen of the SEC. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's what we're saying here. Right. You know, I, seriously, though, that's going to be, I think, a quite a bit of a rude awakening for them because Texas they're used to being able to throw their weight around and things go their way and the entire conference caters to them once they officially join the SEC dude those days are over if if it's not Alabama I don't know who it is they're not gonna they're not gonna cave though to the University of Texas and their demands on how things should be run yeah, I I think that that could be potentially a, an an issue in the years to come, especially when you've been used to everyone just catering to you your entire existence. Right. Yeah. I I I'm I'm fascinated to see how that goes because, you know, historically, the program is uh, what middle of the road of the SEC at best. Um. I obviously recently they they haven't moved the needle at all in college football in a decade or more. So, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting for them to be like because they've been able to still in the Big 12 stomp around with their chest out yep. even though they're losing, right? Even though they're losing, still kind of stomp around with their chest out and be like, "Yeah, well, we're Texas." They're they're moving to a conference where no one cares anymore, <laughs> right? It's like, what do you mean you're Texas? What is this? What is it with this Texas thing? Who are you guys? I think they're quickly going to be turned into the most hated team in the SEC. Not because they're good and beating a lot of people and talking smack. Just when, when people really start to realize how they operate and go about things, come on, find them. Uh, flag them 15 yards for the horns down gesture. That's not really the kind of the MO of the SEC. They're, they're really – Teddy, if you think about it, they're going to be the outlier of the conference. You want to see a whipped puppy? Wait until whoever up above him tells Sarkeesian at his press, press conference to make a statement 
about the disrespectful horns down that they're getting throughout the SEC. It's going to be great. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He's like, guys, come on. Do I really have to do that? Seriously, they're all going to laugh at me. Don't make me do it. Please, please, for the love of God, do not make me go out there and say this. Text line says the SEC already has a Karen. It is Texas (laughs) A&M. Go figure. The two Karens don't want to play each other once they're in the same conference. That is true. A&M is the OG Karen of the SEC because they were so upset with OU and Texas going into the league, they just said, can I speak to a manager? And just exploited the story about the two teams entering the conference last summer. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. That's great. Uh, What would fans say if the SEC wanted to move the OU-Texas game to a home-and-home for primetime games? I, it's it's just not going to happen. The, the SEC is not going to. They touch want that. they want the draw yeah. of having that neutral site rivalry. Yeah, they're it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. The payday uh, for the University of Oklahoma in Texas is I don't know what it is, but it's substantial. Um, now, I wouldn't mind uh, if they had renovations going on or something, and we had a two year home and home that. Could be kind of cool, but it's. I think the OU Tech. I think it's. It's fine right where it is. God, it hurts to say. Yeah, but, I could tell. Yeah, man, that that affected you quite a bit. It's where it needs to be. Too much history. It's an historic venue. Philip was on a cruise last week. Miss my boys. Glad to hear them on air again. Philip, you didn't miss anything last week. I don't think that we got into anything important whatsoever. Well. We typically won't get into anything very important until maybe a week or two before the season starts. Uh, Philip, recap while you're on the cruise. Just a whole bunch of Jimbo Fisher voices last week. That's essentially what you missed. <laughs> Made up arguments between Jimbo Fisher and reporters. Nothing substantial outside of that. Um, Guys, random Texas A&M fans arguing with random uh, Texas fans in right. hick voices. Whoever this is in the 918s, on one hand, I do appreciate the word that you're choosing to use for Missouri fans. <sighs> On the other, I cannot read it out loud on the air, but it is a very unique name that you're uh, referring to Mizzou fans as. Oh my gosh, that is hilarious. What's he say? Him and his brother went to Missouri? Him and his brother went to Missouri games in 07, and unfortunately we had Missouri fans sitting next to us, and they were insufferable. M-I-Z can't beat O-U. I think... I think every fan base has insufferable fans... And every fan base has fun, engaging, welcoming fans. It's just kind of a luck of the draw who your tailgate's next to, who your tickets are next to. And I'm sure it's the exact same for any fans that are coming just to OU. Some have more than others, though. Yeah. Is, is the difference. Well, yeah. You know, you feel like some places have built the culture of fandom around being idiots. Yes. Yeah, totally. And you, I feel like that's become way more NFL than it has college, right? Well, how many times now are we seeing in professional sports, you know, a player yelling at a fan in the stands or, I mean, the Chris Paul situation that happened a few weeks ago. I feel like we're on the verge of another malice in the palace type of situation if we don't watch out here. Well, uh, this is sad to admit, but one of my favorite things to do after 
um, like playoff games and, and whatever's going on is check out the fan fights after the weekend. See what went down across the country. I sent you one yesterday of a former NFL player at an airport <laughs> yeah, yeah. finding an employee. Well, you should have rolled into the uh, – the LSU side of the stadium and fought some LSU fans, by the way, after the Sugar Bowl. I, yeah, I'm glad that a I did. A baller move. Um, but it's interesting that at Major League Baseball parks, at NFL games, at NBA games, it's nonstop. There's a steady stream of fight videos of fans fighting one another. But, and I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. I know it happens. I just, you don't see it in college stadiums. No. Even though they're packed across the country every weekend, you just, you don't see it. I've been it going to OU games reason. my entire life. I honestly think I can count on one hand the amount of fights that I've ever seen at an OU football game. I saw a fight at the Alamo Bowl. Really? Was it OU fans on OU fans no. or OU fans on Oregon fans? OU, Oregon, and. Who won? I from the it happened below us and I just happened to see everyone like turned around looking back at it and so I stood up and I was trying to find a way to look below us from what I saw the very end of it it looked as if there was a group of young Oregon fans that got the better end of whatever confrontation had gone on disappointing it's the only setback of the Brent Venables era thus far now it could have just been that the Oklahoma fan was vastly outnumbered. I don't know. If anyone saw the fight, please fill us in on the details if you were down at the That's Alamo the bowl. only time OU fans get in a fight is at the bowl game. Uh, remember the Alabama fan at the Sugar Bowl where she did like the Roy Williams Superman leap? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do remember the that now. The only time OU fans are in a fight is in bowl games. Oh, uh, Yeah. Yeah, whenever you go into the game with a bunch of bravado and you start writing a bunch of checks that your team doesn't cash during the game and uh, you start putting away the beverages because you can feel the heat uh, being applied, yeah, I can see how it gets out of hand. All right, uh, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on next. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. Air Comfort Solutions text line 405-651-3439. Happy Cole Adams Day to everyone oh. out there. <laughs> it's, a big, it's a big time on uh, Locked In with McComas and Thune earlier today. Cole uh, Adams, we only, we've only spent six months on the kid, and he finally is offered by OU today. Four-star wide receiver out of Owasso. What you think? I'll tell you what I thought. Okay. As soon as I saw the news, which I saw come across via the Twitter page of uh, The Ref, I'm sure other places had it uh, way before, but that's where I get my news. Um, Interesting take. uh, I'll tell you what I thought. I thought I absolutely love, and, and this proves that University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables listens and loves the station. Yesterday, 
both you and Parker Thune threw in the towel on the Cole Adams situation. Literally, we did. And <laughs> he thought, hey, this is as good a time as any to drop that offer to, to Cole Adams. That's why I, as soon as I saw it, that's the first thing I thought of and uh, couldn't help but to chuckle a bit. I think it's interesting. I, I'm fascinated as to why the offer took so long to, to take place. I think, I mean, is it just as clear as they lost the wide receiver to Oregon? Uh, and I mean, yeah, I, I think that that's why the offer was probably thrown out to him. They, they wanted to see him in person. I guess they finally were able to do that last week. And I'm going to guess, Teddy, that they had other wide receivers on their board that they had you know, ranked higher than Cole Adams. But Ashton Cozart decommits last weekend. The offer apparently comes today or, or late last night. I don't, I don't think that that's a coincidence. I think since Cozart decommitted, that's why the offer was, was sent out. But I, I, I think it's pretty simple here, man. Whether you agree with it or not, OU just had other wide receivers that were of higher priority before they threw out this offer. Well, how many, how many offers do they have out to wide receivers? Right I don't now, know do the know? exact amount of offers that they have currently out. They, they, they've, got, they've got their fair share, though. Well, because I think he was very high on their list. So I, I think he was probably uh, – because every offer that they have out are – at least for this, this – They're committable offers. Committable offers, and – I think he was like right there in that mix. So So why didn't why did the offer just now happen then if he was, I think it's because of the decommit. They had other guys higher on their priority list. That's that's what you're saying? Well, I'm saying that they had their offers their out. Their offers to, were out, right. Okay. To how many yeah. wide receivers they were going to take and he was like He was on standby basically. He's if like there's the two next guys guy, that right. uh, cancel then you're you're next in line. Right. So I I mean it seems as easy as that, doesn't it? I, that's with the timing. Yeah, it has so. to be five ten one eighty. So not a physical specimen, but this dude can ball, man. This dude can really play. Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, A and M, Wisconsin, several others have already offered him. And Parker's tone today was, "Woo, OU's got a lot of ground to make up, especially on uh, Alabama in this in this whole deal." Huh. And you're hoping to get him for that uh, Champion Barbecue weekend coming up in early June, but he's got an Alabama official visit already set up, so they're going to have to find some time um, to get Cole Adams officially on campus if if he wants to take that official visit to OU. Right. Well, I, for some reason it felt like, for, like that was a part of it too, right, that they – were maybe reluctant to put that offer out there because, well, I guess, you know, the other thing that we're not factoring in is the, um, uh, the announcement of the, what, the unlimited class? Yeah. So I think that's critical too. Well, yeah, I mean, you it has to be 85 right. every year, but you can sign as many players as you want now. Sure. Right. Uh, text line saying that they have – 20 wide receivers that have been offered. They have 20 offers currently out to wide receivers, or they just put out 20 different offers? Like, does the Cozart offer still count to that number? Because 
20 just like if they have 20 offers out right now to uncommitted players that's that's a lot man yeah and i i don't know i don't know how that like what all classes there's probably a couple of different classes where the wide receivers are in there um and there's probably like like a checklist offer to like some of the top guys that you know are yeah. are going somewhere else or or whatever but um yeah I know th- I know they think highly of him. So a lot of people in Tulsa happy about this news today cuz I bet everyone that's seen him saying I this guy can ball. He's a he's a really good player. And as I said earlier, man, I mean whether it's fair or it's not, if you're a 5'10 180 wide receiver and you're ranked as a four-star, that means you can you can ball and you've got some good highlights out there. Or it means you were offered by Alabama. That helps as well. Yes. And I'm not I, – I, I've never seen the kid play. Um, all I know is his, his listed numbers, which uh, speed numbers are impressive. Height and weight, you know, just kind of – I guess a little on the smaller side for – well, I guess a lot on the smaller side compared to the wide receiver core they've got now. Uh, he's what, 5'10", 180, right? That's yep. what you said? Yep, yep. Um, You know, I – and I don't know how it's going to 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 shape out, but I I was way more impressed with the Gavin Freeman tape than I was the He's Cole a preferred Adams. walk on. I know three star preferred walk on. I and I and I'll just tell you, all I've seen is like their highlight films, right? And when you look at those two guys' highlight films, it, it like just it, it doesn't look close. But I mean, there's a lot of other things there. I mean, you. Frame, you can grow into some stuff, and um, I know they definitely think highly of him. And, and I'm interested to learn more, see what all is uh, is there with him. Interesting stuff. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final segment. Hour number one is next. Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you our number one of the rush. You'll remember last week when Jimbo Fisher said that, uh, you know, Nick Saban's a narcissist. Oh, you should see the way that he really does, does things there. God? Yeah, we should see the way that God goes about things there. Remember right. all that? Oh, yeah. uh, someone dug this up, which is interesting. This is after Alabama beat Georgia in the 2017 national title game. Yeah. Jimbo was on one of those... Um, you know, yeah, coaches. The, the coaches broadcast. thing. Yeah, and he waited an hour outside the Alabama locker room that night to wish Nick Saban a congratulations. A pool of reporters were there talking to Jimbo, and here's what he said. So that was like four years ago, but still. Um, you know, Jimbo's acting like Nick Saban's always been a bad guy the way he's gone about things. But at least back in uh, the 2017 season, ah, he's a super guy. He goes about things the right way. He's totally flexible. He done it, and he done it right. Well, 
Yeah. Um, and that just goes back to what we talked about yesterday. People are pulling out old audio clips and all old video clips to contradict what Jimbo's been saying this past week. Well, yeah, that's because, you know, um, I'm guessing at that time, was he at A&M yet? Was now, he was going into the A&M job. He okay. about to go in his first year. So he hadn't started coaching against him in a, in a conference yet. You know, they were. he was at Florida State, and I don't know if they played Alabama, but they weren't in the conference together. So all of a sudden it changes. You can start pointing to the skeletons in someone's closet when you're growing up against them. All right, hour number two of The Rush is coming up next. Stay with us.